you can never be your old self because now you're going to have all these new experiences and memories that's going to influence you. You're going to be somebody totally different and most of the time it's somebody better. Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I am your host, Colleen Wetmore. Each week, I will give you a guest or a thought that will help you become aligned with your soul and your life purpose. We will have conversations about raw and real topics with inspiring and motivational individuals. So let's get deep, and I dare you to move into who you were meant to be. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Colleen. Welcome. If this is your first time, I am so happy that you're here. If you have been a reoccurring listener, I love you very, very, very much. Very, very much. So I wanted to update update you. So last week I had the uh, energy healing session. I think it's pranic healing session with uh, Geraldine. Oh my God. My that session was absolutely amazing. It's healed me better than any other energy healing I have ever done. I am obsessed with it, like so obsessed that I want to learn pranic healing on myself and eventually do it for other people if I like doing it. You know what I mean? If I learn that I like it, I'm considering this might be a business path for me one day. Maybe. We'll see. But so... So she was saying that my throat chakra was blocked. So that was causing... So when throat chakra is blocked, that causes headaches, neck pain, and shoulder pains. Mine... So my throat chakra blocking was... Obviously, it's all energetic. But that was causing my headaches, which was actually, ironically, in my third eye area. Like the front area, um, temples and stuff. Since the session, my... Headaches have significantly improved. Like, I still get them, but not as bad. And if I do get them, it's because I'm, like, stressing out and freaking out and there's a lot of tension. She also said my um, say, uh, solar plexus was totally out of alignment, very rocky. Something has to do with the reproductive system. Like, it's congested. It's not properly functioning. It's imbalanced, which... That day, I had the session that week, I've been spying while I'm, like, in my ovulation phase, even though I don't ovulate some on birth control. So, that's actually not really good from what I've heard. It's not supposed to happen. So, that's kind of scary. But anyway, so she said it's nothing, like, severe. She said my orc field is pretty much shattered. I'm very low on iron. My root chakra is blocked. And, uh, and actually, she said, if people aren't grounded, they're low on iron, which I didn't know. So it's freaking amazing. Um, but she said my aura, the base of my spine was leaking energy because there's holes in my auric field. I'm very sensitive around other people. And I need to be more in control of my energetic field. Um, and she also said 90% of how I'm feeling is because I don't replenish myself or protect myself energetically from other people. So that's why in this quarantine, I 
for the most part, have been happier and just felt lighter because I'm not around people all day. Like when I'm at work all day, I am like everything sucked out of me. It's not good. But so I need to maintain it and I need to be consciously aware of it because it's not good. Um, but then there's the theric field that is the thinnest aura around your body and that controls physical health. It's like a blueprint of your physical body. And mine, she said, is full of holes. So that would explain why for the past months, months, I feel like crap. Um, but she said, yeah, I'm too much in my head. I had a major gray cloud in the back of my head, which was causing me headaches. But my headaches are also related to my past. So she kind of, she said she took the gray cloud out and it took a long time for her to take it out. But she took it out, so she also said that I have a weakness in the back of my throat chakra because of the gray cloud that was there. But she told me I need to express my feelings more. I need to communicate how I feel more. I need to look in the mirror and talk it out to myself. Because she, she says sound is the highest frequency, and she said I won't have the same effect as writing it out and journaling as I would talking it out. So apparently I got to talk to myself a lot in the mirror. Um, she also said my solar plexus was all in knots, all contracted, because I worry a lot. Um, hormones are all over the crazy place. Thyroid is imbalanced. Um, she wants me to go see my naturopath for that. She wants me to get blood tested for, like, imbalance of vitamins and minerals. She also said my thyroid and hormones are off. I think I just said that. I did just say that. Uh, I'll be okay. And my adrenals are very, very... Very, very strained. I've, so she's like, you need to watch out your stress levels. You got to manage your tension. She's like, but your adrenals are like, help me. So, yeah. But she told me to ground with music with, like, no lyrics or words or, like, a, not a guided meditation, but just meditate with grounding music, which I love, actually love doing. Um, she told me to do Reiki on my root chakra and my throat. But that's not really about grounding, but she told me to do that. And then massage the of my feet, touch my plant, go out in nature, obviously dance around, um, but stuff like that. But it, yeah, it blew my mind. I, I felt, I've honestly felt better than I have in a long time. So if you have physical pain, physical symptoms, you have no idea where they're coming from. You've changed your diet. You've bought all these supplements. Nothing is working. Contact me at dairy to move podcast or dairy to move underscore podcast underscore on Instagram or email me at dairy to move podcast at gmail.com because I will send you her information. It's truly amazing and I believe that your life will change. I don't know if you'll need a follow up session with her or just one session will work, but she's absolutely incredible. Incredible. So. On today's episode, we have my friend Jessica Pancrazio back on. She was on it, I think back in October I had her on. Well, I, I had her in July, but the episode came out in October. So this episode, I actually went to her house. This is back in September, but it was just specifically a mental health related episode that I wanted to do because of what happened with my cousin's murder and everything. So if you don't know anything about my cousin's murder, 
go check back episode. I'm trying to find it for you. I'm trying to see what episode. It's in November. Because that's when it happened. Um, it's episode... So it's on November 13th, episode uh, 16. It's I talk about death and what happened to my cousins and everything. But so I wanted to do this episode with her. Oh man, we talk about a lot. It's, I'm not going to say it's uplifting episode. Towards the end it did because we talked about spirituality in 2012 and like the shift that happened then. Which is, it's actually really interesting because if we, re- we really did talk about mental health in the beginning... But then we kind of transition to like religion and are people evil and then we transition to like jail and like the prison systems in America and society and fear and judgment and you know people aren't getting the help they deserve and then we started talking about food and mental health being linked and it was it's a really good episode and it is a little darker but it's good um So I do want to say, we do mention that, so to me, mental illness, I've always pictured it as just for like psychopaths and sociopaths, like those types of people as a mental illness or schizophrenic, those types of people, maybe bipolar, I guess. I don't know. So I do mention that and I don't want to offend anybody and, you know, whatever you're feeling, whatever you consider, consider as mental illness that is fine and it's valid and I don't want to offend you and I'm not, we weren't trying to offend anybody. Um, we also said that we don't think that a lot of the stuff is for life. So like depression, anxiety, I personally don't believe that you will have that for life. Again, not trying to offend anybody, not trying to say what you're feeling isn't valid because it's so valid and what you're going through is shitty and hard and I wish you luck and I hope you get help. And I also made a comment about medication. Again, I don't believe in taking medication, but I do understand there are circumstances where your brain chemistry is not working and you need medication to help you. And that is fine. We talked about Eastern medicine because that's what we believe in. If you need to take medicine for your depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever you have, that is okay. And we were not trying to lessen that or say it's wrong or whatever um what else we also mentioned about people using these mental illness labels that you're like oh I have depression oh I'm bipolar or I've had depression I have anxiety so this is how I am for the rest of my life we mentioned that because We feel for some of the things that you, I don't think you are going to have the rest of your life. You may have a season of depression or an episode, but I don't think you'll have it the rest of your life. I don't know. She was saying that there are mental illnesses that you will have for life. And that's okay. And that's valid. And I just want to say that we do say a lot. We weren't trying to put anyone down. It's just how we feel I hope we don't trigger anyone too much or, you know, we're not trying to be mean. I just felt like I needed to say this because I, mental illness in this country, in America is so fucked up. 
it's just we don't get the help that we need and I think that it's just such a societal stigma which we did talk about in this episode too but I did love this episode and it is really good like I said I just hope we don't offend anybody we were not trying to be mean it's just our opinions and you know I hope if you are going through any sort of mental illness that you can get the help that you need and you deserve it. Everyone deserves to get help for mental health, physical health, you know, anything. So yeah, so I hope you enjoy this episode. I would love to hear your feedback. I really actually would love to hear your feedback. So please email me or DM me on Instagram or Facebook. Okay, have a good week. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology, and I got my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, I did an internship during my graduate experience, and then I got hired at that hospital. And I got my license in the state of New Jersey, uh, so I'm a licensed associate counselor, and I'm getting my supervision hours so I can do the next upgraded um, license, which is the licensed professional counselor but that takes 4,500 hours of clinical experience to get there. But I only have like 33 more weeks Nice. until I get that. Sounds like my husband's awake. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he might come down and make breakfast. I don't know, that's okay. Will that be too loud if he's? I don't know, probably. Well, I mean, we'll hear it, I think, but yeah, it's okay. Well, I'll ask him when he comes down. Sorry. It's okay. Hi. Just sneaking down. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Hi. That's Dan, my husband. This is Colleen. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> He's Sorry. He's like, okay. Yeah, I told her you were hungover. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's how I got to what I do. Oh, so what I do in my job is... I work at a hospital in the psychiatric department where they, um, I work in outpatient, um, and there's, should I explain the different levels of care of mental health therapy? All right. (laughs) Whatever you want. So, okay. I don't know anything about most of it, so. Here we go. So traditionally, you, regular therapy, um, you go to somebody's office once a week or every other week, talk for 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. That's a therapist. So, and the therapist can be, have a license like what I have, which is a, a licensed associate counselor or a licensed professional counselor. They could be a licensed clinical social worker. Um, all of these people have master's degrees, um, or you could be a psychologist, which they actually have a doctorate degree in psychology, and they can call themselves a doctor. But they're not medical doctors. A psychologist is only doing therapy, like once a week or whenever, mm-hmm. um, or working in a facility setting, which we'll talk about next. Um, then you have the psychiatrist, which is a medical doctor, and they're the ones who's prescribing the medications. Um, and you might see them once a month or every three months or every six months, but you'll also find them in hospitals and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, the next level of care would be like traditional group therapy. So you're in a group with maybe, a, it could be three or more people. Um, and sometimes at my program where I work, we can have up to like 20 people in a group and it's led by a counselor. Um, and then the group could be like an hour or 90 minutes and it could be once a week. 
um, or it could be twice a week. But where I work, we have group therapy that happens more frequently. So we have intensive outpatient, so people come to group therapy two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. And the group therapy session is three hours. So they're doing six hours or nine hours of group therapy each week. And my program, they normally are there for like a month and a half or two months. Um, sometimes people stay a little longer. Um, and intensive outpatient, you could go during the day. So normally a person might not be working during the day because they have to spend nine hours of their week at the group Um, but sometimes there's like evening programs so we have an evening program people can come after work Mm -hmm. and do group therapy from 6 p.m. to 9 Mm p.m. hey Jack Um, and then there's a the next level of care higher than that is partial hospitalization so people who are at risk maybe of hurting themselves or others or had feelings of it but they're not ready they they don't have a plan they're not actually going to do it but they feel they're having a really hard time functioning every day at home so they come to group therapy for like they come from 10 10 a.m to 3 30 p.m so how many hours 10 11 12 1 2 3 six hours of therapy five days a week wow monday to friday so they wake up come to our program and they can have breakfast and lunch they do therapy all day with multiple therapists and then they can go home as long as they're safe you know so it's not like they're sleeping over at the hospital mm-hmm. so the next level of care would obviously be inpatient hospitalization so that's when somebody has to sleep over at the hospital because if they weren't at the hospital they could be in danger of hurt actually hurting themselves or someone right. else um, and you can be voluntarily admitted to the hospital, or you can be involuntarily mm-hmm. committed to the hospital, which is literally a legal thing. Like, if you're involuntarily committed, they basically have mental health court, and, you know, the psychiatrist is there, and the judge is there, and they, like, mandate that you have to be in the hospital and comply with treatment and medications in order to be discharged. So some people can be inpatient for one or two days. Some people are inpatient for a week or two, which is, I feel like that's the general amount. Mm -hmm. But some people have been inpatient for like months. Um, You also do have like long-term inpatient facilities, such as a very famous one in New Jersey is Ancora Psychiatric Hospital. And it's literally in like a creepy old building that you might see like in a movie. Oh yeah. So they... They still do exist, those type of hospitals, and they are very helpful to people who need them. Yeah. People just who aren't able to function by themselves. Not that they're dangerous, but um, that they just have a hard time getting up, taking a shower. They can't take care of themselves. Maybe they're having too many symptoms that prevents them from taking care of themselves. And then there's also, like, long-term residential treatment. So sometimes people need to live in a group home for the rest of their lives because they just need assistance forever. And, um, you know, maybe it's their IQ level or if they have, like, a intellectual disability or developmental disability, they're going to need support, you know, because they, because of their ability to understand the world, they need someone to help them get through every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, so a way, the way that you have to, that you would get 
admitted to the inpatient hospital is most of the time you have to go through, a, um, well, most people go through the emergency room. If someone mm-hmm. calls 911 and they say, I'm going to kill myself, 911 is going to take them to the hospital. Yeah. Then they're going to be evaluated by the psychiatrist. And then if they're in danger of hurting themselves, like for real, because um, sometimes people calm down and they're like, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, then that's when the doctor can sign them up for the hospital. Yep. Yeah. I've dealt with this with my mother several times, so mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I covered all of the levels of care. Oh, I was talking about what I do. So I, <laughs> <laughs> so I work at the hospital, and we have inpatient hospitalization there, and then we also have the partial hospitalization, which is the five-day-a-week, all-day program. Okay. And we have intensive outpatient, which is the two or three day a week program. So what I do is I work in the access center where people come and they're interested in joining the program and I do their evaluation. So they come in, they tell me all of their symptoms. We come up with a provisional diagnosis and I assign them to either, like depending on how much I think that they need, I'll assign them to intensive outpatient or partial hospitalization. And also, depending on what they have going on, they might just be in the mental health group or they might just be a substance abuse person. So they would go in the substance abuse group or we have the combined group, which is people who have mental illness and substance abuse problems and put them together. Okay. So that's what I do. I figure out where to send them. Okay. Yeah. So I guess then we could start with what is considered mental illness or what is... <laughs> well... Is that too... No, no, no. question to start with? No, I, I laughed because I I hate the word mental illness. Because what would you call it? I would just call it someone is experiencing symptoms of a diagnosis at this time. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of stigma around mental illness. Yep. If a person has one manic episode and they see a psychiatrist for 10 minutes and they get diagnosed with bipolar disorder... And then for the rest of their lives, they walk around and say, saying, I'm bipolar. Right, when it's not necessarily yeah. going to last the rest of their life. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, sometimes it does. Right. Sometimes it's part of your brain chemistry that makes your mood fluctuate like that. Right. But also, people identify with it, and they think that they can't get better. People say, yeah. I'm, I'm too anxious, I have agoraphobia, I can never go outside. Yeah. That might be true. But maybe one day you can go outside. So I don't like calling it an illness because it has such a long-lasting feel to that word. It does. And people are scared of it, too. Yeah. So that's why, you know, and when a person gets a diagnosis, it's just a description of a set of symptoms that they're experiencing at that time. Mm -hmm. Like, you might have a... (laughs) Dan's, like, trying to put stuff in the trash can quietly. (laughs) It's fine. Um, what was I saying? If you oh. have some. So you might have a major depressive episode, a single episode, and it might last for six months, and then maybe you feel better and you never feel depressed for the rest of your life. But from that moment on, you don't have major depressive disorder. Right. You had, you had a diagnosis of major depressive disorder, single episode, Mild, moderate, or severe. Um, 
Just like when you look back, like, okay, 2017, I had pneumonia. Like, you're not like, I have pneumonia for the rest of my life. Right. Right? So it could be like a set of symptoms that just describe you in that time. That's interesting because it's like, it is a stigma that if you have depression, you have it forever. Mm -hmm. And you label yourself as that, and society labels you Mm -hmm. as that. But it makes sense with what you're saying. You're not always going to have it just because you had pneumonia or the flu or... It's not what you have forever. You had a broken leg. You're not going to yeah. always have it. I mean, you may have, like, there are di- fragments of it. Like, you break mm-hmm. a bone, like my toe broke a bone. It's still, it's not pro- It's not healed exactly the way it was, but it's healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's part. Sense? Yeah, it's part of your experience, and, hmm. like, your, um, it's part of your story, I guess. Yeah. Because, you know, with mental illness, if someone's was depressed before... It doesn't mean they can't be depressed again, because they could be. It doesn't mean they can't get out of it either. Yeah, and it doesn't mean anything's wrong if they get depressed again. Right. It's just, it's just normal. People go through fluctuations. Um, there are chronic mental illnesses that are lifelong, which we can talk about the different types yeah. whenever. Um, and sometimes those require lifelong care. It really depends. So are those like schizophrenia and yeah. stuff, or generally something like schizophrenia? If you have the symptoms and you're diagnosed with schizophrenia, you're most likely going to experience those symptoms for the rest of your life. It doesn't mean you're always gonna. Yeah, unless it's something like substance-induced psychosis, mm. which happens a lot. Like, you hear about those people doing drugs and eating people's faces or whatever. Oh, dear. (laughs) No, I haven't heard of that, but okay. Oh, you didn't hear about that guy? He, like, sniffed sniffed bath salts and, like, went crazy. Yeah. That doesn't mean he has schizophrenia, schizophrenia, right? It had a manic drug episode. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, people with schizophrenia most likely will experience symptoms for the rest of their life. It doesn't mean they can't function. And it doesn't mean that they're dangerous. Not all schizophrenic people are dangerous. Mm-hmm. And the same with like people who are bipolar. Um, really, it's an interesting diagnosis because really you only need to have one manic episode in your entire life to be diagnosed with it. For bipolar? Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, so if someone, if someone goes in and sees a psychiatrist they never met before, and says, yeah, last week I was awake for four days and I didn't feel tired. They're going to be like, oh, you're bipolar. Hmm, I don't know. You have to, that's why, you know, when we give diagnoses, they should be provisional. You know, even after my evaluation with a patient, um, I see them for like an hour and a half, but I still don't know their whole thing. Yeah. So stuff can change. And, wow. yeah. I don't even have words right now. I'm like blown away. Because okay. it's like we are, especially our country, I mean, I'm sure other countries, but we just have this bad stigma of mental health mm-hmm. that's not even, I don't even know. All right. Yeah. So, so like anxiety and depression are considered mental health or is it just bipolar and like... Let's talk chronic, about... The chronic... All life. of the diagnoses. All? All of them. Well, I'm not going to describe them all. I'll tell oh, you the that sections. That's a lot. Okay. Yes. That, so. That's six, nine pages? 
Yeah. Okay. So the DSM-5 is the manual where it lists, it's been created by the American Psychiatric Association. Mm -hmm. They've created all the guidelines to get diagnosed with a mental illness. Um, So this is basically what I do. I get all their symptoms and figure out which one of these they are. Okay. Sometimes you can be more than one at one time. But a lot of times you can't be... I'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there are ones in there. It's in the DSM-5. Uh, it's a mental disability. So you have intellectual disabilities in there, ADHD, autism, intellectual disabilities, communication disorders, um, uh, specific learning disorders. Then you also have in the, um, the neurodevelopmental neurodeve- disorder section, you have the like t- the tick disorders like Tourette's and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't normally diagnose a lot of those. I mean, I can give a kid ADHD, but really, I feel like kids are way overdiagnosed with ADHD all the time. I, I will agree with that. <laughs> I, annoys yes. the crap out of me. Like just ugh. just because they have a lot of energy, just go let them run around in the backyard for a little I while. Know. Like. <laughs> Just yeah. because they're not sitting there all perfect and quiet like a little angel doesn't mean that they have a mental illness. Yeah, I feel like since, like, iPads and t- cell phones became more popular, it's like, it became more known to have ADHD. When we were kids, we were outside all yeah. the time and ran around. Like, yeah, you're hyper, but you're outside. Yeah. It was a thing, though. Like, my cousins had ADHD, yeah. in quotes, and they were all on Ritalin and whatnot, and... So here's the thing. So let me preface this with I'm not a psychiatrist, but people who take like Ritalin or Adderall or whatever, those are stimulant drugs. They're literally like meth. They're amphetamines. They're amphetamine substances. And then the street drug, you have methamphetamine. It's the same. But you can go to the the pharmacy and get your amphetamines over the counter. or Well, not over the counter, but from the pharmacist. So if a person has ADHD for real... When they take the stimulant medication, they'll calm down because people with ADHD don't have enough stimuli in their mind, so they're looking yeah. for external stimuli to feel normal. Mm-hmm. But if a stimulant medication goes into their unstimulated mind, then they won't have to go externally to get fulfilled from the stimuli, if that makes sense. It does. If they don't have ADHD and they're taking a stimulant medication, they're going to be even worse. They're going to be more hyper, and they're probably going to have more behavioral issues because they're going to have way too much extra well, yeah, energy. Yeah, it's like they're just taking Taking meth. meth. Basically, yes. Wow. Uh-huh. But then you get people, you know, who are addicted, and then they turn into late teens and adults, and they're like, yeah. I can't not take my Adderall. I need it so I, much. Mm, I feel like that's something that needs to be looked into further. Yeah. And then you have, like, yeah. the kids at school, you know, if they just can't sit still, and then you have an unqualified person saying, that kid has ADHD, and then it begins. So you have unqualified people just saying that they think they have ADHD, and then the family gets all up in arms, and then they go to the pediatrician, and they're like, okay, yeah, they do have ADHD. And then they get put on medications, when really they don't need... I feel like there's so many better ways. There is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, especially, like, you and I, like, Eastern the eastern world and we're into all that so i feel like there's so many better ways to Mm -hmm. help with your kids energy than just putting them on drugs i'm not saying that there are kids there are kids who need it but the Mm -hmm. majority they probably don't no 
And I also wonder, like, what's in the food, you know, what they're allowing. Food, yes, foods, foods Additives and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Changing the brain chemistry, I don't know. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Wow. Let's see, the next, oh my gosh, I don't know why it doesn't recognize my favorite. Okay, um, the next section we'll look at is the schizophrenia spectrum and other psychotic disorders. So, um... You can have delusional disorder, which is pretty basic. You just have beliefs that aren't based in fact. But that is like a slippery slope, which we'll probably talk about later. Because just because someone has a different belief doesn't mean it's not true. And just because it hasn't been proven right or wrong doesn't mean that it couldn't be true. But it turns into a mental illness when a person gets so invested in something and it interferes with their daily life. For example, people say that there's radiation coming out of cell phones. Okay. Which is true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So people could be like, okay, I don't want to be on the phone that much because whatever. But then if it gets up to a problem when it turns into, it sounds like a delusion, but they're like, I can't be in the same room as a cell phone. I don't like pictures of cell phones. That person over there has a cell phone and I'm mad. And then people might start getting wrapped up in their anxiety about it. And then they might believe, what if the government wants me to be around cell phones because they're trying to kill me? Da-da-da. Wow. It it can snowball. So that's when it turns into a disorder because it's disrupting your daily life. Just being like, oh, I don't know about cell phones. They have radiation. Eh, It's not disrupting your daily life. So it's not a problem. And, you know, regardless of if it was anything else, whether there was evidence or not like it's still not interfering with your daily life yeah. so that's kind of like the basis of like a delusion um you can have a brief psychotic disorder which is just experiencing delusions like that and also maybe auditory or visual hallucinations mm-hmm. that only last for a short period of time but if it continues to last for a long period of time then it can turn into schizophrenia gotcha. or a specific type of um personality disorder mm. And then you could also have schizoaffective disorder, which is you have the aspects of schizophrenia, but then you also have a mood disorder, and it's combined. Mm. So you can have psychosis and also depression. And it is put together as schizoaffective depressed type. Um, You can also have schizophrenia symptoms and bipolar disorder symptoms like manic and depressed episodes so then you'd have schizoaffective bipolar type or you can have unspecified type am i going to in in depth with all of these okay no um i mean you're going over common ones that we all hear about so yeah, yeah. um okay so let's talk about bipolar disorder mm-hmm. there's two types and like i said earlier most times you really just have to have one manic episode in your whole life to be um diagnosed with bipolar disorder and a manic episode generally lasts um, about a week or longer and that includes being impulsive not sleeping feeling all scatterbrained and doing a billion things at once not even feeling tired talking super fast feeling pressured feeling like your mind is racing and then after that you crash into your depressed episode Mm -hmm. people aren't bipolar if they have mood swings. Whenever someone tells me they have mood swings and that they're bipolar, 
I feel like I need to explain to <laughs> I don't know, it's a pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean you're bipolar at all. People have mood swings. Most of the time, if you have mood swings, you're probably depressed. Not, you're not bipolar if you have mood swings. Um, because bipolar means different opposites. So you're either manic for a little while, and then you can be depressed for a little while. It's not manic and depressed in the same day. And you have two types of bipolar because there's two types of mania. There's regular mania and there's hypomania. Hypomania is not as severe, so maybe it's only like four days, but it's got to be at least four days or longer. Um, And then you can have a really low level of, quote, bipolar disorder, but it's called cyclothymia. Okay. Which is like instead of feeling like your episodes go like this, up and down really high, they just kind of go like medium. And then we just need to bring you down a little bit to, like, regular. Um, then you have depression disorders, which I feel like everyone already knows about. Yeah. There you have anxiety disorders. You can have generalized anxiety or you can have specific anxiety about other things. Social anxiety, separation anxiety. You can have panic disorder, which is just panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. Another fan favorite is OCD. Mm-hmm. Yep. So everyone likes to say that they have OCD when they don't. Um, just because you like stuff in a straight line doesn't mean you're OCD. Okay. Just because you like cleaning things doesn't mean you're OCD. Obsessive compulsive disorder is having such a severe obsession that you have to do the thing or you might feel like you will die. And I'm not talking about, oh, it's annoying me so I have to put stuff in line. The obsessions are so severe that it's preventing people from living their life. Literally, the people who can't make it to work until an hour later because they're there jiggling their door handle. Mm-hmm. So it's very different. You can have obsessions and you can have compulsions, right. but you don't have obsessive compulsive disorder. So someone who washes their hands like five times or like until they're red. Is that just an obsession? It, it is an obsession. and like or if, if it you're, disrupts their life, then it's OCD. Yeah, if, if you can like live your life... It's you, complicating. It is complicating. Wow. Because I just... I say that because people like to self-diagnose themselves with OCD all the time. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. And it's okay, it's okay, but I'm here saying like you probably don't have it. But that doesn't mean you don't feel anxious about certain things and feel irritable about certain things or have up and down moods. I feel like that's something internally lying that you need to figure out. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So let's take the the hand washing, for example. Say the person has a belief that if they don't wash their hands five times, they're going to get cancer cancer. Yeah. They're going to get disease, and they're so afraid of getting disease and dying that they are obsessively making sure, I can't get sick. I can't get sick. I have to wash my hands right now because I'm going to get sick. There's a girl that I work with at the hospital. I don't work with her, but I see her walking around. She will not touch door handles. She will stand at the door waiting for someone to open the door for her. She sits there like this. She will not touch the door, or she'll walk around with a paper towel and grab all the handles with a paper towel. That's that's OCD. Yeah. So it's it kind of like when it gets amped up to the next level, 
that's significantly distressing to people. <laughs> He's trying so hard to be quiet. Yeah. He's doing good. <laughs> yeah, so just... Just be aware, like, and because there's such a stigma around mental illness, you don't want to just start labeling all of these symptoms that you're having. Um, I don't know. People get attached to the labels. Yep. Some people like to use it as an excuse, kind of like when people say, sorry, I'm a bitch, I'm a Scorpio or whatever. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean you get to be a bitch all the time. Right. And people are like that with mental illness. Using... Yeah, yeah, I know people like that too, trust me. Um, Hold on, I have a couple more and then we can... um, Post-traumatic stress disorder, trauma, Mm -hmm. it's a big one that a lot of people have and they don't realize. Probably, yeah, wow. Especially affected, like, in childhood. um, If your primary caregiver does not make you feel like you're receiving care as a child, that creates disrupted attachments and a trauma-like response. Wow. Um, They are throwing around the idea of, like, complex PTSD, you know, because you normally think PTSD is only reserved for, like, soldiers and people in hurricanes and whatnot, but, like, regular people can have PTSD. I have PTSD. I know, like, two of my friends have PTSD just from, like, childhood crap. But you have, if you have all the symptoms, it makes sense. Um, What else? Dissociative disorders. So, dissociative identity disorder used to be known as multiple personality disorder. I don't know if that's real or not. I've never met somebody who actually had it. Yeah. You just see the movie, like, uh... Yeah. You, uh, what was it? It was, like, Glasses, the one before that. Yeah. Split. That, it was really good. Split. It was really yeah. good, but I'm like, that's a lot of personalities. Yeah, I just, I don't, I get, I, I don't not think... I feel like it could exist. I just haven't seen someone yet. Right. I've seen people who say they have it and they don't, but I feel like they just like saying it. Yeah. Um, hmm. Then you can have, like, somatic symptoms. So people who have, like, chronic stomach aches and migraines, that can actually be related to mental health symptoms. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I have both of those. <laughs> it doesn't mean that it's true for right. you. Um, but if you think about if you have anxiety... I have anxiety. I spend a lot of time like this with my shoulders up. Yeah. It makes my whole neck and shoulders tense, and it could lead to a tension headache. Yeah. Um, so the, And there's a lot of... And then sometimes, if, if someone is nervous to go to school or work, they can manifest actual, real symptoms without any biological basis. Like, it's a legitimate thing. It's kind of like a placebo effect for your body. Like, you believe something, and it actually happens. Hmm. Um... Anything else? There's some weird ones. There's feeding and eating disorders like pica, pica, where people just eat stuff. Like they have a compulsion where like they'll like rip the paper and put it in their mouth. Okay. Um, there's um, elimination disorders. Oh, well, of course there's eating disorders. Yeah. You have elimination disorders, so people who defecate on themselves or urinate on themselves um, compulsively. Then there's, like, insomnia disorder, but most people have other things going on if they have insomnia. Right. Mm, Sexual dysfunction. Um, There's one in here that I actually really hate that it's in here. It's gender dysphoria. It's not a mental illness. It's not. Being unsure of your gender is the same as any other person being unsure of their identity of who they are. doesn't mean you're mentally ill. So I have... I've worked with a lot of transgender clients. I 
ran a group for transgender um, youth, and I would not put that diagnosis on their list. Yeah, they might be anxious or depressed, but we don't have to put gender dysphoria on there. I think They're just a, probably a religious thing. Well, someone religiously was like, "We need to add it because it's not." The normal. DSM. So this is the fifth edition. Has been around for a long time, and guess who wrote it? A bunch of Christian white guys. There you go. Like there you go. hysteria used to be in there, which would be for women being crazy in quotes. Yeah. <sighs> And it was, the word hysteria was created, um, when you think of the uterus and you get a hysterectomy, hysteria is related to women's uterus problems. Oh my God. <laughs> and homosexuality used to be a mental illness as well. Yeah. It used to be in this book. That's ridiculous. Yep. Then you have uh, disruptive and impulse control disorders, conduct disorders, mm-hmm. kleptomania, pyromania, all those fun ones. Then you have substance abuse disorders, which is self-explanatory. Uh, neurocognitive disorders, which you need to take actual like brain scans and stuff to do that, so I don't do those. I can't believe there's so many. That's insane. And then another fan favorite is personality disorders. Um, these type of disorders are generally lifelong. This is when you think of an antisocial personality disorder, formerly known as psychopath. Mm. But since that word has such a bad reputation, um, they changed it to sociopath, but now they relabeled it to antisocial personality disorder because antisocial means not following social norms. They don't care that killing is wrong. They don't care that stealing is wrong, morally wrong. And this is in the absence of any other mental illness because there could also be psychotic people who have beliefs that killing isn't wrong. Do you think that that category is ones people are born with? Personality disorders? Because this is definitely one I, like, I do want to get into about yeah. guns and, and, like, terrorism and yeah. all that. Because this is the one without the empathy, right? Only, um, well, a lot of them have trouble with empathy, but antisocial personality disorder definitely doesn't have empathy. But there's other personality disorders that you don't have to be born with, like... Borderline personality disorder is definitely like a relationship-based type of disorder. It's just dysfunctional relationships your whole life, basically. Mm. But like we were talking about the other day, like I feel like some people are born without the capability to produce empathy in their brain chemistry somehow. Um, They literally just don't care. I've had antisocial patients, and it's just kind of like baffling when you ask them. Like, you don't care that they died. You don't care that this happened. Um, I had somebody tell me once that when they were feeling suicidal and their plan had to involve other, like, could involve other people, like, crashing their car. Yeah. And they said they, I don't care. I don't care if I kill other people. Wow. I don't care. Um, I also had a recent one. This is very interesting. She's a kid, and I think she's antisocial because she said... She's tried to kill the family dog a couple times. Oh, my God. And, like, she would, like, hold his nose. But she would stop. And the only reason that she would stop is because she didn't want her parents to be mad at her. Not because the dog was suffering. Like, you feel like a person with... Just talking about making me cry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love dogs and animals. It's okay. She didn't... I put her right in the hospital. Like... Yeah. um, But, like, when you look at somebody who's, like... Don't, don't you care? 
and you can't make them care. Maybe one day you can, but some people like that, it's just not there. It doesn't exist. It boggles my mind because I see it happen in front of my face. I don't face. know how you do that. It's really hard. Assessments like that Ooh. when I see patients. I've seen people who, like, have murdered people and, people, like, I just, I have to be somebody who sits there with a blank face. So sometimes it is really hard. Yeah, I wouldn't do good at that. <laughs> or I'm like, like literally crying right now. When people tell me what they've done in the past, mm-hmm. you know, people with like jail history of being incarcerated and how they got there, it's just like you have to sit there and listen. Because at the end of the day, a lot of them are just people, you know, yeah. people responding to their situation. A lot of um, men, specifically uh, minorities, who are raised in a a violent type of environment or like a a lot of them have post-traumatic stress disorder from like their unstable lifestyle I had a guy he had to drop out of school in like seventh grade to uh, sell drugs so he could buy medicine for his mom because she was dying of AIDS and then he went to jail because he had possession but like you look at him like he was a product of his environment you know that's what he was doing it doesn't mean he's a bad person yeah. No, I agree with that one. Like, those ones I understand, but it's when a kid is saying they're going to kill a dog and they just have no empathy. Mm-hmm. It's like... Oh, it's, like, so hard not to call them evil. Yeah. Because those... I'm, I'm assuming that those... Most of those people can't be changed if they're not born with that... Yeah. Whatever, brain chemistry, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, the way that we keep everyone safe in those situations is help like I said I'm not a psychiatrist but there's medication that help control impulses Yeah. so we hope that they don't impulsively react on these beliefs that they have or maybe enforce some sort of like fear of consequence like if you kill someone you go to jail and then they'll say okay well I don't want to go to jail so I won't do it but I think about it all the time okay well at least we're in like a safe territory you know but some people if they're not able to stay safe they might need to be in confinement you know you have criminally insane people who are in confinement for the rest of their life because they're criminally insane that's what I think like mental illness is I don't like anxiety and all that other stuff I don't feel like that's mental illness yeah well, that's why I don't like that word, mental illness. I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm totally like, yeah, that doesn't... Like, mental illness to me is people who do bad shit because they don't know better. They weren't born mm-hmm. with that. Or they're just evil and they know better, but they don't care. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't... I don't know. Yeah. Well, not ev- not all of them are the same. Right. So... Ugh. But I did read something interesting. I was reading an article, actually, this morning. Like, and after talking about, like, the gun violence thing with our friends last night... Um, I read something that stuck out to me, and it said, hate is not a mental illness, which is true. So there's people out there who are killers, who are aware of consequences, but their hate is just so overpowering that they act on that hate. But that doesn't mean they're mentally ill. So like a terrorist, like Osama bin Laden. Yeah, or, or if you think of anybody, like you think of religious extremists who hate gay people, yeah. who are willing to go in and beat somebody to death because they're gay they might not be mentally ill but they've been just raised in such a toxic hateful environment maybe one day there might be I don't want to say 
I say diagnosis loosely, but a label to describe people like that. I feel like that's more like rage and. Well, yeah. It's there. People people react on beliefs that they feel that they know is true to them. Right. So you think of a religious extremist who says, "Gay people are evil, divorce is evil, or other religions are evil." They believe it. Right. And then when we were talking about delusional disorder earlier, it's like, where do you draw the line? Was it their environment or are they actually delusional? Was, there's so many right. factors like affecting, like you think of a terrorist. Mm. They were born and they grew up learning all of this stuff. Hate. And it might not even start out as hate. True. Like. I think that might be just fear. Like A lot of it so is So like fear. the Taliban could just be like. We hate America because of the fear that we maybe the power mm-hmm. we have or what I don't know, but they believe that I mean, they're just, right. Yeah, like to fly planes into some towers and stuff. That's mm-hmm. that's where I'm like I don't. I kind of like that that you said that's not mental illness because that to me is just evil. Yeah. Whereas like a lot of like um was it Adam Lanza who did the Connecticut shooting with the kids? I think he had problems. I don't know if he was hateful. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, it's hard to... to uh, like, the Aurora got shooter. Mm-hmm. Like, he probably had mental yeah. illness. Or, a yeah. pro- like, I don't know. But I then don't you think, think it, of I the... don't think those two were hateful people. I think they just... They could be. Maybe. People could have mental illness and hate. True. They could have mental illness and no hate and still keep kill people. And they could have hate and no mental illness and still keep kill yeah. people. Like, I feel like people have debating have been debating this for centuries. Like, why do we kill people? Why do some people like killing people? And why right. do some people don't care? Right. I don't, I don't know. I feel like they're either born that way, genetically, or they're raised in an environment where they are taught to believe certain things. Right. You know, because even at, like, a very lower level type of thing, like, um, think of maybe a Catholic person who's trying to get a divorce and they can't because you just can't get a divorce if you're catholic right right so people believe it so, so much be like a delusion it's very difficult to say it sounds like a delusion that sounds like so my cousin's husband murdered her and their two kids two three years ago and like my aunt calls him evil i don't call him evil he had a lot of problems mm-hmm. It sounded like he was very pressured from, like, everyone around him to get his Ph.D., and I don't know if that's what he wanted. Like, we don't know. He had a letter, and he just had a lot of self-doubt and a lot of self-esteem issues, like, from being bullied in high school. And he was, like, to my cousin Amy, he's like, you love me. And so I just think his, like, self-love and words was really low, and just, I guess, his only way out. Which it, And I heard that he wanted to leave the Mormon religion yeah. because they wouldn't wouldn't get him the help he needed outside of the church Mm -hmm. and I think if he got the proper help they would probably still be alive who knows I don't know but probably would have been better and so at that point I think his mind was just so deluded or he was so heartbroken Mm -hmm. he was like well my only way out of this pain is to kill my family and myself Mm -hmm. that sounds like and that to me isn't evil mental illness to me yeah I've never met the guy but if all of these things he's happen. Like the nicest person. I mean, he was shy, but I don't yeah. think shy is a mental illness. You're just yeah. shy. And well, me- mental illness can be rooted in the beliefs you have. Yeah, and he just... Mm-hmm. And, like, 
and just religions as well, like with the pressure. Yeah. But it's I'm hard because you can't. It. I feel. I feel like all of it sounds like delusions because you don't know what's true. You can never really, really prove to other people. You just know what you know and you believe in your heart to be true. Right. And sometimes that stuff is really negative. People might totally wholeheartedly believe in their heart that you can't get a divorce or you're going to hell or whatever the heck. Yeah, you can't leave your religion. Yeah, you can't leave your religion or else you're going to be condemned in purgatory yeah. for all, whatever it is. But then it's like the problem is who is deciding who is right. Are Christians right? Are Muslims right? Are Jewish people right? There are people of every single religion who do bad things. Yep. And it all comes from a fundamental belief. Brainwashing. Yeah, brainwashing. brainwashing. But then if someone like me or you comes in and tries to talk to somebody with those beliefs, we can never change their beliefs. But then who, who are we to say that we're right and they're wrong? Right. Even though we don't agree with it because they feel the exact same way about us. So it's so hard because if you start pointing out who is actually right and who's wrong, then it creates society is a thing. That just sucks. Because <laughs> oh. bad things keep happening and it's like, I know. what do you do? And then terrorism is like, I think they're evil. To kill hundreds of people and thousands of people uh, to me is just evil. But well, that might not be right either. Who the hell knows? There are other times when people are killed. Like you think of our country bombing civilians. Yeah. I've, like, they sound evil to me too. Um, There's so much gun violence in America mm-hmm. too. So it's like, are they just evil or they have problem? Everybody's different. <laughs> I know. It's just... I, don't, I want to be careful in saying that all people who create acts of violence with guns, I don't want to say they all have mental illness because if someone's walking around with a diagnosis, people are going to think that they're dangerous. Right, and, and that's not the truth. most people with mental illness are not dangerous. I feel safer walking around a psychiatric hospital with my eyes closed than on the subway with a bunch of average Joes. Yeah. I feel so unsafe on public transportation in the city, but... Like I said, I'll walk around a psych hospital with my eyes closed because they don't want to bother me. They're off doing their own thing. Or if they're depressed, they want to come talk to me about their feelings. Or if they're anxious, they want to talk. They're not trying to kill me. There have been people who had delusions in the hospital who thought I was there to kill them. And I think I'm really good talking to psychotic people. Um, The worst thing to do with a psychotic person is to tell them that they're wrong. Because... I had this one guy, he was like, Rihanna wrote all these songs about me, but I'm worried that they're recording me through the radio because Rihanna wants to make a new song about me and talk crap about me that I'm in the hospital. I'm not going to say, the government's not recording you, or Rihanna doesn't. I would say, how can we help you feel less nervous about this? Or let's not put a radio in your room. Yeah. But if you confront a psychotic person and disagree with them... Or tell them they're wrong. They're going to react in a more negative way. Yeah. Generally. Oh, there's so many things. It does feel hopeless, though. I know. This is kind of a sad episode. It feels hopeless because... More for this... I mean... I'm hope, it's hopeless for the people who don't have that empathetic uh, chemistry in the mm-hmm. brain. You feel like they're never going to change. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you can make them fear of the consequences, but they still want to kill people, which is just... 
Yeah. I can't fathom that. But then the whole societal stigma of mental illness is what I feel hopeless about. Me too. <laughs> Trust me. I feel because like that's originally what I got in the field. Half of those on there, I'm like, those are not mental illnesses. I just don't... The only ones I see that are mental illnesses are, like, the ones with the, the people without the empathy. Yeah. Chemistry. Yeah. That's why I said, like, they're just symptoms. Yeah. People are experiencing a symptom at a certain time. You have the flu. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, like, depression and anxiety seems just like... I'm not saying it's not important. Yeah. Like, the flu sucks, you have it, and then it goes away, and mm. I... It comes back. It can come back. I think I've had the flu a few times in my life or whatever, but... <laughs> Only a few? Lucky you. <laughs> I think I've just had it once and then, like, pre-flu, <clears throat> and then I kind of got rid of it. I don't know. But but I feel like... Like, my family does this. They're like, oh, I have anxiety and I have depression. And I'm like, no, you're just going through a phase. And then I try to tell them they can, like, get out of it. And they just don't... They're not going to do it. They just think they're stuck with it for the rest of their lives. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. Like, I'm a person who has anxiety. I've had depression. I've had panic attacks. I've gotten rid of all of that just by doing things that worked for me. I'm not saying, like, meditation, yoga, whatever is going to work for them. But you have to find the thing that can give you the inner peace, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can overcome it. And it's going to come back. I've had panic attacks again. Yeah. And then I work on fixing it. And Mm -hmm. here, inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just the human experience. But people, like you said in your family, they might like to rely on that as the reason for certain behaviors. They do. But that's why, you know, the idea of putting a label on a symptom... It doesn't make sense. People get stuck on the label. I'm bipolar. I have major depression. I have PTSD. I can never do anything ever again. Like, my mom, she's going through a lot from 2007 to now. still going on, but... She would always say, oh, this is who I am now. I'm never going to find a good job again. This is just, this is Mm -hmm. me now. You need to all accept it. And I'm like, no. (laughs) And this is when the anger and frustration went through with me because I'm like, I don't believe that. Yes, you may have bipolar or depression, anxiety, whatever you have. I get Mm -hmm. it. You're on drugs. Like, she's Mm -hmm. on prescription drugs from her psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. But I'm just like, that's not who you are now. Yeah. You are still... The person you were, you mm-hmm. just have to find her again. But yeah. she just uses that as her scapegoat of why her life fell apart. Mm-hmm. And you can't, yeah, you can't keep that in a loop. You gotta get over, move it, not get over it. But you gotta. Well, the thing I is, don't, I feel like I'm sounding like a bitch because no, it's I it's feel frustrating. Like yeah, you can move on from it. Like some people can. Yes. But the thing is, some people will literally never get past that. Right. That's literally what their journey... That's my horoscope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That, like, maybe that's what their life journey is about right now. Yeah. And maybe their soul isn't ready to move on to the next thing. So in the next lifetime, then they'll address those things. So sometimes it's like, it sucks. I have mentally ill family members. My dad is deceased from alcoholism. My mom had a prescription drug and other drug abuse problems and she was abusive maybe I feel like maybe she's getting a little better Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to force her to get better my dad never got better right I wrote him a letter I moved out of his house because he was drunk every day and like banging on my door and whatnot and when he was away because he thought going on vacation would solve his problems but he would just get drunk more Mm -hmm. 
with his girlfriend that he met in rehab. Um, I left him a letter one day, and I said, as I moved out, I moved all my shit out of his house when he was gone. I said, don't talk to me until you're sober. And I thought maybe that would change him. It It didn't. I didn't talk to him for five years. And then I found out through my grandmother that he was getting sober. So I had, like, two holidays with him, and then he died six months later. Wow. Because... A bunch of crap happened. He got into a fender bender. He thought he was going to go to jail because he was intoxicated. And um, I think he drank himself to death after that because he didn't care anymore. And sometimes you can be like, why don't you change? Why? Don't you care about me enough to change? Don't you know that life can be so better if you just don't pick up the bottle and drink? If you go out there and try, it's so frustrating. But you can't make people do it. Like, that was my biggest problem when I became a therapist. I'm like, why aren't, why aren't they getting better? Yeah. Why? I'm doing all of my cool stuff with them. If they're not ready, yeah. then they're not ready. And sometimes they're never going to be ready. Your family, they might never change. It sucks. But that's when you got to start taking care of yourself and be like, maybe I'm only going to talk to mom sometimes. Yeah. That's how I am with my mom. i got to keep her all the way over here because she still triggers me a whole lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've... Um like, through this journey, I did, like, Kashuk record reading, and mm-hmm. they were just like, you need to let go of resentment, let go of anger, forgive your mom, and it's, this is her journey, it has nothing to do with you, and I'm like, great, and I did, yeah. and, like, yeah, I don't see her as much as I used to, and we're not as close, and I can't really hang out with her for more than a little bit, but yeah. I'm patient, more patient with her now, yeah. and I'm just like, this is who she is now, Yeah. hopefully, eventually, she'll realize that she can be who she was before, Hopefully. but if she doesn't, yeah. she doesn't. Yeah. It's sad because you care about them too. Yeah. You want to have that relationship. Mm-hmm. So then you keep trying. You get disappointed. They're not changing. You get frustrated. Yeah. So now I just focus on myself. Yeah. That's what I'm you like, have I to do. I gotta focus on my responses when I'm mm-hmm. with her, and that's all I care about right now. Yeah. Like, obviously, I don't want her to get hurt or whatever, but when yeah. we're hanging together, I just, I'm like, I'm just gonna focus on me and yeah. my responses so I don't yell and get angry. Exactly. It's not fair to her. I feel the same way but, with my mom. Yeah. Just smile and I nod. I just don't think of those as mental illnesses, like, to, like, circle yeah. back around. I just think of it as yeah. they're not there yet. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if um, a psychotic breakdown is considered a mental illness, but my friend had one when she was away at school. What what is What are they considering psychotic? I don't know. She just, I think, dep- probably depression. Like, she went through, like, a breakdown and couldn't, like, function. So she was crying, depressed, hopeless. I think so. Yeah. So that's could be a depressive episode. It's not psychotic. Yeah, but she, when I talked to her, like, years later, she, she st- I think she was still on medication. But she was like, you know, I'm not going to be this way forever. Like, she has that, mm-hmm. like, outlook. Like, this is not who I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm eventually going to go back to what I was. Mm-hmm. So, well, like, wow. not back to who you were, a better version of, of who you were. Was, yeah. Because then you have a, a story, and you can tell people what you got through. Yeah. I feel like people like to hear that, because people, when I ask them their treatment plan goals, like, what do you want to do after the program? And they say, I want to get back to my old self. And I tell them, what if I told you you'll never be your old self? And then they're like, <gasps> and they get all upset. Yeah. But you can never be your old self because now you're going to have all these new experiences and memories that's going to influence you. Yeah. You're going to be somebody totally different. And most of the time, it's somebody better. Yeah. And she even was like, yes, what I had wasn't, isn't a mental illness. Like, she, she was like, yeah. it's not a mental illness. Yeah, you can just have an emotional breakdown. I was like, wow. 
I mean, if if she went to the hospital and needed a, a diagnosis, she yeah. could have like they'd probably just give her generalized anxiety or single episode depression. Yeah, I haven't talked to her fully. I'm actually gonna have her on the podcast one day. But okay. I haven't talked to her fully about it. I do want to yeah. dig in deep with her about it, but just yeah. her tenacity to be like this is not who I'm gonna be forever Mm -hmm. yeah well you can blame like the medical model and those who wrote the book in the first place yeah because people like to diagnose symptoms and treat and while it does help knowing if you have a mood disorder or a psychotic disorder what type of medications would work better for you um people get attached to the labels when really you're just experiencing feelings yeah and sometimes you have stronger feelings see I think my problem with this this happened with my mom it's like they get so attached to their medication, and oh their my medication God. is, like, the only thing that can fix them, and I'm like, no. <laughs> What's your mom take, Xanax? I she's on a lot of stuff. There's, okay, people get addicted, like, we were I talking about really with... No, if she, but it's just, like, her, I went to a therapy session with her and her psychiatrist, and all they talked about was her medication, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I know she goes to group therapy to do, yeah. like, the more inner work, but I'm just like, Ugh. Psychiatrists don't do therapy. Was it like a 10, 15 minute appointment? I think so. And they were like, how's your meds? You got any side effects? Do you have better mood yet? Yeah. You want me to increase your meds? All right. I don't like that. No. Not saying I'm discrediting their mm-hmm. job, but I just like... Yeah. Well, you don't have time. to do a lot of inner work. Yeah. Well, that's why a lot of people just get stuck on medications. They think taking pills will solve it. They need to go to real therapy. Not just getting meds. They need to go talk to somebody. Yeah, I think her group therapy works. Hi, sweetie. You're so cute. <laughs> Cuter. Um, so I think her group therapy does work, but... Yeah, definitely. I, just, I, I mean... Don't, I don't believe in medication fully. Like, I know people need it, but I believe in trying to do other things yeah. first. That's where the Eastern medicine comes yeah, in. Yeah, some people only need medication for a little while Yeah. to help them get through that episode. Some people might stop the medication and then go back to it. He's so cute. A little lightheartedness right now. There's a cute kitty. <laughs> oh my god, I'm taking a picture right now. Up. Look at this guy. He Hi, loves sweetie. you. Hi. Hi. Oh my god. He's a ham. He's got his okay, butt in the air. No, I was recording that whole interaction. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, you can post the Instagram. What a kitty tell me. Look at that belly. Um, Look at it. All right. What else do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about, oh, the uh, prisons and juveniles and how you can kind of, because you, I have a note that you said young men to become attracted to people their own age. Oh, like pedophiles and stuff. Yeah, so we right. want to talk about how... Sure. So it might sound like people like that can never be cured. That, like, it's super wrong. Like, being a pedophile is super wrong. But they can get treatment so that they don't reoffend in the future. <laughs> you try. <laughs> You're, the photo's like, why are you walking away from me, kitty? I'm going to post that. Um, yeah, so, like, of course what they did is wrong, and it's unforgivable. Yeah. But they can still exist in a society as a human that doesn't harm other people. Yeah. And that therapy that I was telling about, telling you about, like, you can actually... So, pedophiles 
are mentally ill where they are attracted to children. Right. Well, in this type of therapy, they can be retrained to be attracted to appropriate things. So is that something they're born with? That, like, tr- like I guess it would be a trigger, maybe? Like, it it's could like, be. Like, oh, there's children. I'm attracted to them. You know what I mean? It like, could be. Okay. They could be a product right. of childhood sexual abuse themselves. Right. And it's just normal for them. And a lot of people who have experienced sexual abuse, um, a lot of them fight with the feeling of, like, at the time, sometimes they do feel aroused by it, even though it's wrong. Right. So then they start making those connections, like, even though it's wrong, it feels good. And then that brain pathway gets strengthened, and then they might act on that towards somebody else. So it's like retraining that arousal, even though it's, like, weird. I don't know if I'd ever want to do therapy with people like that. Right. But there are programs out there because you can't just let them be out in the wild and fend for themselves if there's a risk for doing that again. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to have them just in jail locked in a cage for the rest of their lives because maybe they don't do anything else. Maybe they could have a regular life with a very bad incident in the past, but they can function. Right. And I do feel disgusted by it, and I, I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Right. But I don't feel like that person deserves to be in jail forever. I don't know. It's really hard. They it's deserve a, to go to jail and do their time. The yeah, and do their time. Do their time. They deserve the help. Yeah, they don't need to be locked in a cage for the whole that's life. That's what's wrong with our prison system. Here. Oh my like, gosh. I know, what is it? Norway or Netherlands or one of those countries? Yes. They act, I think it's Norway. They actually have Rehabs. severe like prison rehabs where you mm-hmm. get help. That's what that it should be. But, you know, the prison system in the United States is a big corporate loophole where people get right. paid lots of money and they purposely target black males to keep the prison running so people can keep making money off of them. Yeah. And they don't... Uh, oh, my God. I could go on and on about the social inequalities. And, like, I work right near Camden. I'm sure you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Camden, New Jersey. Very big murder capital. Very big crime area. There's not enough help there. And people don't fund Camden because they think it's a lost cause. So people, they're just, they're not getting help and they're in an environment that keeps reinforcing these negative behaviors. People are targeting them on purpose even if they're not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Or if the cop pulls their record up and maybe they got a DUI 10 years ago, they're still like, "Mm, this guy's causing trouble. I don't know, this guy makes me feel nervous because of the color of his skin, you know. It's, it's so much judgment, whether it's mental illness or history of criminal activity, which yeah. could be related to mental illness, but right. not always. There's just, like, the society is, like, oppressing people and keeping them stuck when, really, in my perfect world, we'd have a ton of rehabilitation for mental health and helping people get, like, not addicted to substances. We'd have super awesome support in schools and for families Every person would be required to go to therapy. Families would do family therapy. Couples would do therapy before they have children. Yep. Maybe get a little seal of approval before they have kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, that will never happen, but in a perfect world, right? It should. And I feel like childcare should be free for families. Mm -hmm. Health insurance should be fucking free for every human being. Yeah. Um, People should have access to clean food and water. Homeless shelters should be bigger, and they should be treated nicer. The homeless people should be treated nicer. Yeah. So many things. But I feel like it's that underlying us as a society, everyone's getting more hate. Some people react so much on that hate that they kill people. And everyone just keeps fueling and fueling this negativity. And 
to make it more positive. That's why we're doing what we're doing, because we're trying to show people the light. At least that's what I tell myself. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. Like, my, my vice and trigger is environmental stuff. Like, I just don't get it, why people just treat the environment like crap. But I'm like, I gotta stop judging. Yeah. Maybe they don't know. I don't know. Like, it's, or it's still money. upsetting. Well, and poachers, like, poachers piss me off. Oh, like, yeah. It's just, but it's like... I don't understand poaching or hunting. Like, why kill? Yeah. Why? You're gonna eat it? I don't know. Just go eat something else. Well, I don't mind hunting for food if you're gonna use the whole animal, but yeah. just hunting because you need the elephant's tusks. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. But again, it's we don't know their situation. I don't know. It's hard not to judge. Yeah. But a lot of it is society. So. Yeah, I just. I mean, I like to think back in medieval times. It, at least we're not as bad as them. Yeah. Like torture and whatnot because that's really fucked up that that actually happened in real life so we're, we're progressing but now it's like I don't know people talking about this new feminine age of <clears throat> the world and I feel like all this pent up masculine energy is like boiling over the top it's exploded but I feel like we're going to be able to address it and it'll simmer down if the earth doesn't overheat itself and we all die and there's a water crisis that too <clears throat> Or if governments implode on themselves and everyone starts bombing the shit out of everyone. Yeah. Or if there's another plague and we all die. Or there's a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> or if aliens come. Yep. But if none of that happens, I think we can get through it. That's what I... I, I it's I, all based on fear. It is. Everyone's afraid. That's why a lot of people have guns. They're afraid. Someone's going to break in my house and kill me. Kill me and my family. So they have a gun. My grandma, she's... Like, she thinks her own family's gonna steal from her. I'm like, are you just, yeah. what? And her, so her, she, because this is a family I just saw. I love them. My grandma's very negative, miserable. Nothing in life is happy. Yeah. She was very poor growing up in Jersey. I forgot. South, South Plainfield, maybe? I think that's, I think that's north of yeah, me. So they grew, so they grew up in New Jersey, very poor, like six kids, like four so my grandma is very materialistic. She has to buy everything, QVCs, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> like, her, her house is immaculate. It's gorgeous, but she has so much shit, and she's still not happy. And I'm like, mm, yeah, it's not about that. No? Nope. Okay. Gotta look on the inside, but, Grandma. Um, but she might never. No, she's not going to. But even she thinks, like, we're all going to steal from her. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Just, and it's like, just so much fear. Just It's probably because she didn't have stuff growing up so she's like i have all this stuff now i have to hold on to it and share yeah. it like it's the fear that's all gonna get taken away makes and sense it's like it's not going to get taken away mm. just relax like but she's never happy and then yeah. like diabetes and stuff makes her rage at of dinner course and it's fun. but did you know that certain um medical illnesses in um older people can cause psychotic symptoms mm. well my grandpa's in a va home right now how is he? Is, is, it, is it okay? It's He has dementia. He still remembers me for now. So, yeah. But it was hard because you can't understand what he's saying. Like, some of his words were goo-goo. And, like, he's, like, like a kid again. <clears throat> One guy was, like, crying in his wheelchair for his mom. I'm like, this is hard. I was, like, tearing up. Like, this is heartbreaking because our brains are so fragile. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, it's, I don't know that much about, like, 
the food additives and stuff, but, like, the increase of, like, dementia and whatnot, like, could that be related to, like, what we're eating or in our environment? I was, like, super involved and or interested, not involved, in, like, learning how, like, food and nutrition affects your mental health because a lot of your gut and your brain are, like, really closely connected. Um, But I got a little bit too obsessive over it. Like, I was, like, vegetarian for a while. I was trying to be a vegan, but then I was obsessing over my food too much, and it was disrupting my life I wouldn't call it an eating disorder but I just yeah. st- it stressed me I would out just say eat healthy like eat yeah. real food plants. not processed crap yeah eat plants eat processed occasionally like if you want a pizza you want for like eat it mm-hmm. occasionally or try to make like your own pizza with the yeah. di- like try to make your own stuff <laughs> eat what you want but don't feel guilty yeah. about it too this is funny um related to like mental health and food mm-hmm. I used to work in a program in Philly Philadelphia um I don't know if you knew people call it Philly elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, so over there, it was like a program, so it was a residential program, so the patients lived there, and it was like a very long term, so they were chronically mentally ill, and they would come in, and they'd be like, Jessica, I'm just having such a bad day, I feel like shit, I want to kill myself, They, you know, all this stuff, right. and I'll be like, did you eat breakfast? And they'll be like, yeah, I had a coffee and I smoked a cigarette. And I'm like, that's not breakfast. (laughs) Like, of course you're feeling crappy. Of course they also have a chronic mental illness. But, like, they're not reinforced. Like, their diet is coffee and cigarettes a lot of times. I think it correlates with each other. Yeah. People drinking Mountain Dew. Or some guy told me he was, like, super depressed. And um, and he had a poor appetite. And then he was like, oh, I felt so good. The other day I had a triple-decker... McDonald's, whatever, um, and I felt so much better, and I was thinking, like, mm. You feel better for, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, and you just told me that you have heart disease. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But people self-sabotage. They give up. They don't care. Yeah. They want that instant gratification. Trust me, I'm like that at work with the candy. I'm like, this feels good now. I'm sure yeah. I'll get brain fog and be tired later, mm-hmm. but I'm just gonna, yeah, it's yep. not good. Oh, I'm, I'm such, like, a sucker for instant gratification. Yeah. Which is why social media is so bad for me. I'm like, aren't you liking my shit? Yeah. Where are you, people? <laughs> or I'm, I'm like, sure. Do you? I think they're gonna come out with like a social media mental illness diagnosis too, probably, at some point. They probably could. They update the diagnostic manual every ten years. Is it all men that still update it? I hope not. I mean, it's created and edited and updated by the American Psychiatric Association, and lately there are heart there have been more women psychiatrists, but I still feel like it's a male-dominated field, and I don't know how many women are on the board right. of American Psychiatric Association. Because you were just saying that it was written by, like, five white males, and, all like, they had, like, homosexuality uh-huh. on there. I'm like, yeah, that's that's controlling thing there. That's mm-hmm. not, not good. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about all the other stuff that a bunch of white dudes wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Bible. Yeah. Um People are probably going to hate me for that, but... Um, oh, yeah, my family's totally going to hate me, because yeah. I'm not religious at all, and they really are. Mm-hmm. Like, my uncle's told me, like, how could you put yourself before God? And I'm like, oh... <laughs> yeah. Love you. Trust me, I've had family Don't like, like what you too. have to say, but love you, because you're my family. Yep. But Detach. I, just, can... I, I can't. I, I'm like, God is... I believe in God, and he's all... I think he's a loving human being, and he loves you. Like... That's it. That should all it should be. (laughs) You know, spirituality is very important to your mental health. Yeah. And they used to not really include it that much. But now it's really important to take into account. 
Like, we have it in the assessment that I do with patients. We have a spirituality section. Like, do you believe in a higher power? Do you believe that they care about you? And if someone says, no, God is punishing me. Yep, that's victim mentality. Well, it's a belief that they have that's going to influence how they feel every day. True. They're God hates me. Like, I'm not good enough. I hate myself. And it's just going to, like, turn it. And then um, also you have to remember like spirituality and culture when it comes to what someone might label as hallucinations because I believe in ghosts. And if I have a patient who comes in and says, I saw the spirit of my dead grandfather, you say that to a old white psychiatrist, he's going to say you're schizophrenic. Right. But really, what if it is a ghost? It probably is. Yeah. Like I believe in that stuff. So. I try to be very aware of not considering those things as a hallucination. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're schizophrenic because they're seeing a ghost. Or maybe they think they're hearing somebody talk to them. Right. Maybe it's true. Or spiritual guides or something. Yeah. So, but like you look at all the old-timey psychiatrists, like they they just think everyone else is crazy that isn't like them. I mean, I feel like someone's saying, oh, you need to go kill that person. That's obviously bad. But if you have like... Yeah. Someone saying to you, you're going to be okay, and, like, mm-hmm. leading you in a good, more a moral direction, then mm-hmm. there's nothing that's, you're not hallucinating. It's your spiritual guides or angels helping you. Yeah. There could be, there is biologically based hallucinations. Like, they're legit. Yeah. And there's biologically based, um, like, visual and auditory and, like, tactile, like, feeling. You know, yeah. people feeling bugs on their skin. Like, they're real, but you don't want to just be so quick to, like write it off as a biologically based thing because it could be a belief. Yeah. It could be really a spiritual thing. I can't prove it. I wasn't there. Right. So I, at the end of the day, I just, I believe the patient. At the end of the day, believe, believe the yeah. person who's telling you about their experience. And it sucks because then if you have the people who say, I can't change, it's like, I'm going to help you. Can. You can, but maybe you, you can can't. Change. I don't yeah. want to keep you stuck, but I want to motivate you. Yeah. I'm going to help you so you can try and like, you know, they say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Mm-hmm. You can try your best, but you don't want to put all your energy into the thing of trying to change people. Yeah. I feel like I could talk about this forever. I, like, have so many things to say about mental health and society in general. Like, we'll have to do another one. Yeah. So how... Well, I'll let you wrap it up. Me? <laughs> yes. What do you want me to talk about, or... Mental health? Any final things to say about it? I I think today we covered good ground. Like, yeah, we talked about how mental health is kind of a really societal stigma. Yeah, I want to say like don't don't give up hope, because you know this was a very sad conversation. Yeah, and it feels kind of hopeless, especially with people that you think you can't change. But there are people that can change. And I feel like we as a society are changing. Like, can you imagine if us ladies were walking around talking about crystals and spirit guides and lighting fires outside and dancing around? Whatever. We would have been killed before. Yeah, in Salem. All that yeah. stuff, yeah. We, or we would have put in, been put in jail. Or we would have been called hysterical and put in a, in a psych hospital. So we're doing better. Yeah. People are being more open. And I feel like... This is so weird, but I was a little, I was a little paranoid about 2012 
And I know a lot of people experienced that was my ankle. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people were worried about 2012. And I feel like a lot of spiritual people felt something in 2012. I totally had a crazy experience Mm. on December 21st, 2012. Really? I was paranoid leading up to it. Not that I thought something ridiculous would happen externally, but I thought people were just going to start rioting and being stupid because everyone was scared of it. Yeah. So I was in college, so me and my friends had an end of the world party, so we all got like trashed and had a party because it was, quote, the end of the world. And it was super fun. So it's the middle of the night on December 21st, 2012, and I'm on the couch trying to sleep because I was at my friend's house. And then all of a sudden, you can see the tree outside of the window with the street light, and you can hear the wind. It's picking up. It's picking up. It's howling. The wind is, like, literally howling. There's no storm. There's no rain. And you see the tree just, like, I saw the tree whipping back and forth, and I was like, what the hell is happening? Mm. 2012 is happening right now. Like, something is changing, and it just felt like such a big change, and it was crazy to see actual, like, yeah. a shift. Like, it felt like new air just came and blew through the planet, yeah. I guess. Right. And it was just crazy because, I mean, no riots or anything happened, but I really feel like something, something changed on that day. Like, according to the Mayan calendar, we entered a new era. Right. And I feel like they were, like, spot on with that. Like, we did. We entered a new era in 2012. Yeah. And I think it's, like, the end of that masculine energy and the birth of the feminine energy, which is great because we need more of that. We do. We need to just... Be more kind to you each other. Love. I don't understand. I don't understand why it's so hard for society to accept love. I don't get it. Well, a lot of people have been conditioned that they don't deserve it. Well, and a lot of it is the power greedy. Yeah. Companies that are like, well, if we have more love, then they get less money. They get less money for mm-hmm. whatever reason, like the oil, well, oil, like environment. We can't love the environment because yeah. they, the oil companies, won't get their money. Yeah, power. they care so much about... But so we'll just kill millions of species. Yeah. And basically, eventually we're going to kill ourselves off, people. Well, you all know this. People <laughs> listening know this. But we're eventually just going to kill ourselves off. And we'll yeah. have no one to blame but ourselves. Yeah. Well, the dudes... Because we need nature to live. Yeah. Nature doesn't need us. It'll be fine. We need it to Yeah. Live. Nature will reset itself. I totally yeah. believe that. But we won't be here to see it. Right. Because all of our resources are going to be depleted. Yep. But I just feel like the people making the rules or the laws or whatever, they're going to be dead in 10, 20 years because they're all old dudes, most yeah. of them. So they don't give a shit. They're like, how can I collect more money in the yeah. last 20 years of my life? And Greta Thunberg's a cult leader. <laughs> oh my God, they're attacking that poor little teenage girl. It's so ridiculous. What is wrong with people? I know. That's all when right. I just sit there and I feel like my brain's exploding, even yeah. though I have all of this like training. And I'm just like, what is your problem? Knock it off. You just want to shake them and be like, stop. <laughs> well, the point of all this is you can change to love. You can change to love. There you go. Yes. Every, I feel like everyone has it in them. Maybe yep. not in this lifetime, but in the next. Yep. But, and I feel like slowly we're getting more and more people who are ready. Yeah. That's amazing that you saw that in 2012. I wasn't yeah. spiritual then, so I... I wasn't either. Oh, really? I wasn't. I was getting drunk five out of seven days of the week at college. I was partying all the time. I had a toxic relationship with my ex-boyfriend. I was alone. I was depressed. I wasn't addressing my childhood problems. and Like, I wasn't in therapy like I am now, which I'm addressing everything. So I was just, like, tailspinning. 
Mm. And I had, I didn't believe in any religion in college. I was just like YOLO, getting drunk. Yeah. Well, religion's partying. different than spirituality. Well, I I was raised Christian, really? yeah, I, and I then in college too. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I started learning more about like, history fuck this and controlling. Yeah, exactly. Controlling stuff. So then I was just like, let's have a good time. And then, but that one experience in 2012, it was just like, what? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. amazing. And I feel like I slowly, slowly started getting back in touch with who I was supposed to be. Yeah. Since then. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it sounds so corny. <laughs> no, I love it. Well, I, you know I love it. I'm yeah. Stuff, so. Yeah. All right, I think we'll end it. Yeah. I'll have you back on. We'll figure something else out. <laughs> Talk yeah, I always have more to talk about. Another episode on social norms or something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Everything. Because I feel like we can just... You talk about one thing and then the next thing comes up. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, bye, everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. Well, thanks. thank you for inviting me yeah. over. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. If you could share this episode with someone you think he needs to hear it, think they'd like it, Please share it with them, text it to them, DM it to them. If you could go on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and rate and review five stars, that would be really good. Um, But no, I really would love to hear feedback, um, types of episodes you would like, types of guests you would like to have on. If you want me to talk more, you want me to talk less, whatever it may be, please, please DM me on Instagram at move underscore podcast underscore. I would really love to hear from you, and I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I love you all so much. Mm-hmm.